I know I'm old, so I don't even have mic stands. I made. I make everyone just hold the mic. I feel no, like, this is this is kind of fun though. Like I don't lie. Doesn't does it get annoying though? Do people play with it? Like mess around, fidget with it a lot? Nah, I mean it's sometimes people don't want to hold it. Like I had dudes like lean it up against their chest like this and talk <laughs> like that. And it's like all right, you can't really hear it. Um, I have a table stand. I just didn't bring it. I had one dude early on put it down like this and like yell. Oh no! Nah. And it's like I don't want to ye- like you're yelling at me for this yeah. whole conversation. Like nice. I don't know. I feel like you should know how to hold a mic. You like, definitely if should be comfortable. You should be comfortable with a rapper or a comedian, whatever. You should know how to hold a mic. Yeah, facts. I mean, especially a comedian though, because you hold it on stage. Like yeah, most well artists too. But like when we go record, we don't really hold the mic. So I guess mm. if you're not if you're not really a good performer, or you're not comfortable performing yet. That I could, didn't even that think about that. Yeah, you don't hold the mic when you per, when you record in yeah. the studio. Damn, I didn't even think I'm about to think, that. Do you spend more time in the studio or on stage though, holding the mic? There's like, no studio in comedy. You just have to mm. go out in front of an audience. Like every yeah. like every night, I'll go to a shitty bar with five people just to tell jokes because it's not like yeah. I can go like. I mean, so you probably got more performance skilled than most artists do yeah i because that's what is that's what it is i like judge people on how like their presence (laughs) on stage like not just rapping but some people clam up in between songs you know what i mean they don't know what to do you just be awkward you'd be like all right so you try to explain the song so this next song uh. (laughs) and then they open up and they'll be spitting and then it's like uh you you can't (laughs) talk so i judge that shit yeah yo we were gonna talk about you were gonna be a professional boxer Big facts, bro. That's Big crazy, facts, bro. bro. Yeah, it was either boxing or 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 rapping or music in general. I won't even say just rapping, but just music in general. Damn. Like, how'd you get bo- into that? My dad actually just recently found out. I had a cousin who was like, I don't know if he ever was a world champion, but he was definitely a pro boxer and making some noise. Um, so it's in my bloodline apparently. Um, my dad also he won the Golden Gloves. Um, when he was coming up. Oh really? You know, I got some of his friends, and you know. Um, other people in my family too do martial arts. They got their own martial arts schools and stuff like that. So I've been around like combat sports for a while. Yeah. So it's kind of just in but me, I guess. I feel like your parents could do. It could be in your family. You can go the opposite way and be like, I don't yeah. want to do that. Or I mean, you music have, like, wasn't really passion. in my family, though. I don't think. Not that I know of, as far as I can trace it. Were they pushing you away from music towards boxing? They kind of just like care. whatever, whatever you want to do, we are gonna support it. You yeah. Know? Like I played football too. I did a little bit of basketball. Like. I'm nice on the court, though, but I never really got into the organized side of it that much. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I probably played for, like, two years for my school, like, on the basketball team. I think because I was um, vertically challenged a little bit. <laughs> so, like, so, like, I think the coaches didn't really give me a fair shot when it came to tryouts on the basketball court. So How I was like, long you know ago what? did you stop that. boxing? 2019 or 2020. Before what COVID, were you? COVID started in 2020, right? 2020, yeah. So 2019, yeah. And you were saying City Boy was the one who made you yeah. not do it. Which one were you going farther in in your mind at that point? Music for sure. It was just that I knew I was really, really good at boxing. And, you know, I was already working with trainers like that have notoriety and stuff. So, like, I was already, like, fighting high-level competition. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was like... You know, I'm going to get his music a little bit more time. And it was just like always in the back of my head. If music wasn't a thing, 
I would definitely be a professional boxer. Like it was just like I would I was really, really, really good Is at it. Is that how it was? You thought you were a musician first and then a boxer? Yeah, you I've were- always been a musician and I picked up boxing along the way somewhere like it's just one of the sports that you just do like when you you know you grow up and play play sports and stuff. that's not i don't feel like boxing is one of the sports it's you not guys like a, do yeah. you know what i mean it's usually it somewhere is. some way somehow you got like introduced to it somehow. yeah you know but for me like i said my dad was a fighter um i got uncles and his friends was a fighter uh, i got a cousin that was a pro fighter so you know it's, it's always been around and in one of you i i forget it might be the one with side but you said you were an engineer first yeah you're engineer and shit so yeah. like music and actually the technical side was part of that too in the beginning yeah like and honestly that was out of necessity low-key because well high-key because honestly when i first started like making music like as an artist and making songs and stuff i had i used to write poetry when i was really young and i was already playing like instruments so like um being i was playing trumpet and piano and drums and stuff like that I did really, really young age through church and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that music just started to like get that feeling. I mean, you ever you know the feeling of music is hard to explain sometimes, but like it was like a feeling that I always wanted to chase. Like this music moves me. And um I was always chasing that. But then when I first got into intro when I got introduced to recording was um my dad had gave me like this old MPC, like from like the nineties probably. It might have been even before that, but his, one of his friends was getting rid of some old equipment that he had. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was grounded because I was messing up in school, bro. And like, I couldn't, so I couldn't play the video game. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't do none of that extra stuff. So it was like, I was mad bored. My dad was like, yo, here, play with this. And he gave me like this old NPC that his friend had. And from there, bro, like, I learned how to make beats on that. It was really like not even full, like, beats all the way it was just like eight bar loops you can make mm-hmm. and it was literally just a beat machine and you're supposed to program drums with it it wasn't really what today's npcs are but with that um i put together that with my poems that i have was already was already writing and it became songs so now i'm like when I you were writing the poetry did you know there was going to be music or were you, you were just writing poetry i was legit poetry. just writing poetry and obviously you know there's like rhyme schemes and cadences to yeah. it sometimes so like I just figured, you know, I was already looking up to, like, musicians. Like, I was always inspired by, like, the Fighting Temptations movies. Like, Drumline is one of my favorite movies ever. I don't care what people talk about Nick Nick Cannon was mad corny in that movie or whatever. But, like, that's one of my favorite movies of all time, bro. And that's always how I envisioned, like, my young adulthood would be, like, in college and stuff. I already knew I wanted to go to college and do the whole music thing. But I thought it would be, like, a marching band, like, playing instruments. Did you end up going to college? Yeah. I went to college for music. But... It just didn't turn out like drumline, but I tried to make it as close as possible because the school, I went to UB. So the school, okay. that, that school doesn't have like, it has a marching band, which I was offered a scholarship for, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I was like, this ain't worth the the money that they were offering is not going to pay my whole tuition off. And it's not worth doing all that traveling with the sports team and all of that. So, but like me learning on that NPC, how to make beats. Um, My dad saw that I took a liking to like actually recording music. So he took me to the studio with this guy named Kit Cole. You probably heard of him. He's a big mm-hmm. name in Buffalo, um, like a super producer, like one of the first guys who really have been like on the map as far as the music industry. And how old were you at this point? Bro, I had to be like 12, <laughs> like really, really young, bro. So like that's actually where I got my name Young World from, from him, because my dad introduced me to him and said, basically, like I said, I was on, I was grounded for messing up at school. He's like, you get your grades together, you get to come to the studio. So as long as your grades is up, I keep bringing you to the studio. And that was my incentive. So I spent the whole school year basically like, recording this project keeping my grades up and every weekend i would get to go to the studio with k cole but that's where i picked up the engineering because it was like i didn't have the money or the access to go and record 
Mm. Like I get cold anytime, just anytime I wanted to. It was just only when my dad was able to take me. That so. makes more sense. I I, I don't want to even butcher the lyric that you have, but you had yeah. something about like engineer something. Now is the rapper, so that yeah, makes yeah, yeah. it makes more sense. Not nah, was out of necessity, but Facts, yeah. that's awesome though. So you were like twelve when you started, and you said you got that feeling about music. Yeah, bro. So you thought that was the thing. What happened? Yeah. What did City Boy tell you to make you stop? He was just like, yo, like, cause. Obviously, it takes a lot of time to be, like, really good at something. So, like, mm -hmm. I was putting a lot of time and effort into into boxing. And um, it might have been a couple times where he's like, yo, we about to go do this or come here and that. And I'm like, I'm at boxing or I'm about to go do boxing. or. And then he also mentioned the fact, like, I eat interviews. Like, yo, you're going to be on camera. What if you got a busted lip or something like that? And, you, mm -hmm. you know, or, like, you hurt your hand or you do something that is messing up, messing up something you got going on with music. And I was like, no, nah, you're right. Um, but. So I was just, but I stay committed to it though. I still, I still box to this day. It's just, um, I actually want to get back competitive with it again. I'm not gonna lie. I see it's a lot of celebrity matches going on, so I'm kind of keeping my mm. eye on that type of stuff. But you ever like, worry about head injuries? Yes. You ever got any bad ones? No, I haven't. I haven't. I had been, one bad head injury in my life through a hockey accident. I wasn't even you were like knocked a, out. Knocked out. Yeah. And that shit like fucked me. So like I always oh, worry man. about that shit. I mean, what was like you had after effects from it or just like, I, I had uh, to like lay in a dark room for a month. Where? And all I could do was like I couldn't even listen to music. All I could do was like listen to people talk. So that's when I started listening to podcasts and how mm -hmm. I got into podcasts and stand up and shit. That's interesting. Is so cause, like, I mean, would it just give you like a headache? Like sensitivity yeah, to mm -hmm. light and sound. And yeah, and I, I don't know if I mumble more than I did, but I definitely don't speak that articulately. For a whole Art month, though, bro? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know medical. recovery from a concussion was that long. It was like level five out of five. Ooh. Yeah. What like what happened? Can you do you remember the, the Yeah, the I got hit for I wasn't even yo, I was just I was at I went to the number one hockey high school mm -hmm. and I just played to impress a girl. And like <laughs> I was good at it, but like a month into doing it, I got hit from behind mm. and my head like hit the glass and the helmet got knocked loose mm. and then I hit the ice and the kid fell on my head. So it was like the three hits in oh, a no, row that's wild, just bro. like fucked me up. Yeah. Don't they say that if you get like three concussions, like that's like a number that you should be like in your lifetime. Avoiding. I think. But people, that's that's why I'm asking about boxing though, yeah. is because like you can get fucked up from that. So it's good you never had. That means you were. Good. I mean, I was in the amateur still, so I had the headgear. Mm. You know, it's crazy too though. Like, cause I've I've played around and messed around in the gym before, like without the headgear before. I don't know what it is, but the headgear felt like it hurt more. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it. Whether no, I was get protective, that. protective more or not, I don't know. But like, it's like it, your body. Like, if you won't get hurt if you like go limp, like in a car accident or something. But if you brace yeah, up, like it's if you, like if you, if you, I feel like if you got too much protection, like padding wise, even with football, don't they say that rugby is like safer than football because you know it has no it is, paddings though? and shit? Also, I think the mentality of it, of like the way that you play it, because like mm. in football, you just full speed just toss your body head first at somebody because you know you got a helmet on you know you got pads on to protect yeah you yourself. don't really think if you're playing rugby you're not gonna try to do that to nobody head yeah, first you have into to. your chest you got to maneuver your body to protect yourself you know but that is can. more what boxing is my grandfather was a boxer and it was like it's more like calculated it's not it like brute force versus brute force yeah. it's and everything like, that you throw is not intended to knock somebody out so like not every punch is supposed to be a knockout punch. Um, it has the potential to, of course. I mean, you're getting punched in your head. Yeah. But, like, but like, I mean, that's something also that I took into consideration when, you know, deciding to, to be competitive or not. Um, but just, like, 
I mean, that's that's a real risk. And even if you don't see it immediately, like even if you've never been knocked out and stuff like that, I mean, you could still be doing things to your brain that you don't really understand until later on that you could see effects of. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's never a good thing to just purposely. Yeah. Get you ever think if you went down that path and you stopped doing music at that point, like. Mm, I would never do that over music. I would never. Do I would you think never, you'd be where you are now, though? Like, I think that. I think that boxing has contributed a lot to like my mentality and the way that I maneuver through life. Like it's mm-hmm. like I compare boxing a lot to just like everyday things that I experience because it's, it's very But in similar. that moment you could have been like, all right, city, I hear you, but like, I still got to do that shit. And then it would probably, I like my chances in music better. Yeah. I feel like I'm more talented at music than I was at boxing, even though I feel like I was talented enough. I am talented. But you felt like your boxing. calling was in music when you talk exactly. about like that feeling in your exactly. stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing was just something that I'm just really good at. Because when you felt that in that moment, when you're like, oh, this that's how I felt about like comedy in that moment laying yeah. in bed. And that's when you get like that calling, you know? You know, they always say about that why. Like, do you know like your why? I feel like my why, music allows me to do what I actually want to do, what fulfills me and what makes my heart feel full. I don't think boxing would allow me the voice that I would want, mm. the influence that I would want. I think people just look at boxers as like, I mean, you'd have to be like a Muhammad Ali like type of figure for people to really hear what you're saying and like purposely actively go out and do that. When I'm, when I'm making music it's literally for people to listen to. So like, it's almost in a sense, like you don't really have a, you don't consume music any way other than listening to what I'm saying. So, I mean, boxing, you don't really talk when you're boxing. Yeah. You know, you feel fulfilled trying to get your message across in that way. And that goes back to the writing. It's fun. So when you were a kid, what was your connection to poetry, not rap, like not writing? It was a like- form of expression, bro, because like I've always dealt with anxiety. Um, I wouldn't say depression my whole life, but anxiety for sure. Um, mind you, I didn't know this at the time when I was doing it. But like I've always been the guy who wasn't the most popular, um, who didn't. I never really liked having many friends. Like I've always liked having like a small, you know, group of people that. I could call on my real people, like my real homies and stuff like that. But like, I was never the type of person to be the most popular or like around a bunch of kids. And I never really felt an outlet. Also, this is a fact that people, I don't know if people realize this or not, um, that I wanted to hit on on my album and make sure that people understood this about me is that, yeah, I'm signed to BSF and people might assume like coming from Buffalo that, you know, the, the type of people that come from here, the type of artists that come from here would be a certain, certain type of way. But you also got to remember every city has its, ghettos every city has its suburbs i was raised i was i was born into the ghetto but you know moved out to the suburbs at an early age so that created a different type of person than what people would imagine me to be you know what i'm saying so like i feel like poetry like at first it started out as just a way to express myself because i didn't i wasn't around people that i could relate to mm-hmm. you know the things that i would experience when i'm at home would be you know completely different than what I would experience when I go to school and all my friends at school wouldn't relate to what I was saying. So it was like, who do I really talk to about this? I feel like at home, my parents wouldn't understand what it's like going to school in the suburbs and having to face those problems. And then the people, my friends at school wouldn't understand what it's like to be coming from where I come from or, you know, think the way I think or like the things that I like, you know? So like, it was like, where do I really, where do I really fit in? So poetry was the first thing that I had that was like, I'm about to write this down in a notebook, almost in a journaling sense. I don't know. I honestly don't know why the rhyming and the cadence, the cadence, uh, I don't know where that stuff came from. Like, it was just like a natural, just like. Were you a fan of poetry? Like, were you Yeah, like I, I read a lot of books, bro. Like I read a lot of poetry. Like 
Well, I used to read a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. I read just books now. Like I like self help books a lot now. Uh, that's guy, what I older. read too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the that's what we yeah we always talk about. Whatever like the next self help book is yeah. that we're reading. That's you know? my vibe. Like as an adult now, that's my vibe. But like I used to read a lot of like fictional books and like storytelling yeah. and like I used to love just being able to tell a story. With Do you words. still have that anxiety of like not fitting in and shit? Um, I definitely deal with anxiety. Um, but I think it comes from a lot of different things. I think it's so, more so comes from like life experiences now at this point. It's shifted from like being just being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, like being in spaces that I'm not familiar with used to give me a lot of anxiety. It still does, but like in a different sense. I'm more comfortable. Like I can be around people that I don't relate to now. I kind of enjoy it now because I know now as an adult, there's a lot to learn from those situations. There's a lot to learn from being in the rooms of people that are not just like you. I mean, yeah. You can only talk about so much if it's a room full of people like me. You know what I'm saying? It's only yeah. but so much and so far that I can take my mind to. But like, um, so not so much that I'm, I'm I don't really get anxious about like fitting in anymore. It's more so anxious about like just I I think not having control over things. Like being accepting that like it's so much out of my control that it's just I have to accept how things are and how things will be. Like, um. This world is just a wild place, bro. So, like, you know, like, there's a lot of triggers out here for me that I've learned about that came from a lot of traumatic experiences from back in the day. You know, I talk about this all in my songs and stuff, too. And that's honestly, like, why I kept that same kind of, like, uh, I use music as a tool the same way I use poetry. It's like when I started writing my lyrics and stuff, I noticed when I would rap. When I first went to the studio to record, it would always be about like what I needed to get off my chest and like what's current around me, what's the things going on around me and telling these stories. And that's why Kid Cole kept calling me Young World. But when I first met him, he would call me that when I first started recording with him. I was like, yo, why he keep calling me that? My name is Lil C, bro. <laughs> and I remember telling my dad one time, like, I'm like, yo, my name is Lil C, man. He keep calling me Young World. And then by the time, that was when I first started recording with him. By the time I finished that album, I was calling myself Young World. And I named it. Young World, just the beginning. I was named my first CD. When and how did that break? When did you realize that you were Young World? Uh, I was in the studio one time. This is a real vivid memory one time, right? I was in the studio. The studio used to be in his front room of his house. Um, And, like, it was, like, real dim and stuff like that. Um, I remember being in there. I had my hat real low like this, like I'm Jay-Z or something. like, And I had my notebook on a music stand. And... I was rapping, but, I, you know, you got to do takes sometimes. You got to be like, hold on, punch me back and stuff like that, punching in. And this is when I was learning, like, all of that. So I would mess up. Like, I remember I messed up one time, and he was like, all right, we're going to go back to this part. But he was in the middle of changing some stuff around before I could rap it again. And I had a few seconds where it just, something just clicked. And I was, like, reading the lyrics in my book that I was about to, because I'm, I'm like, all right, we about to do the next take. So I'm reading the lyrics in my book. And as I'm reading it, my own lyrics started to resonate with me. As if I was a fan, as, as if I didn't write this, you know, and it was yeah. like, yo, this, this is, this is speaking to the young world. I know what I want to talk about for the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to do and who I want to be. And that's when it clicked like, yo, you young world, like there's a reason why you keep calling you that. How do you feel now? Like listening to your music, having it be like getting shit off your chest? Yeah. Is that too, is it like too personal to then go listen Sometimes, back to? Bro. Yeah. Sometimes it is. It depends on the day. Cause like I said, I was, I'm still dealing with anxiety and PTSD and, you know, bouts of depression sometimes and stuff like that. So like, it's definitely like 
depending on the day, if it's a day where I'm like really down about something and like I've been here before, I've experienced it before and I'm just feeling the way about something. If I go listen to a song that I did a couple months ago when I was feeling the same way, it might it might take me there and I might really like break down in tears and it, it, all those feelings just come back, those emotions come back as if I was like reliving that again. Yeah. Um, But now I've learned over the past few years and as I've been progressing in my music and maturing as an artist, I've realized, okay, this is what I want to stand for. It's important for me to say these things. So once I once I say it, once I record it, and I put it out there, I think that is more so important that I focus on the thought, like, there's somebody else out here like me that needs to hear this. So whether I want to go back and listen to it again or not, I've given the, someone else the opportunity to hear it. Now hear I feel it, you know? the same way. Like, I can't listen back to my conversations. Yeah. I, like, it makes me feel, like, so uncomfortable, but people come up to me and say, like, oh, you talking, like, help me, and it's, yeah. like, that's why I ask, because I feel like it's almost, like, too personal for me. Mm -hmm. It's, like, I have to put it out there, but I can't, like... Can't go back and listen to I it. I can't enjoy it myself, yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you, but I... Because it's, like, a journal. It's exactly. like it's, it's like, like a journal. Somebody asks you to open up your diary and just exactly. read it. Exactly, and that like, diary could probably help them out a lot. Yeah. but it still is like you like this is mine, bro. Yeah. This is me, bro. Because like, also, there's people in your life that you don't want to hear certain aspects of your too. life, and that doesn't hold you back from releasing it. But it holds some people back. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, that's and as we get more popular, right? Don't we? We also got to accept that, like, I mean, the more people that know us, the more people got opinions about what we say. Whether whether we could say anything we want. We could say something that we think is going to appease to everybody in the world and be like, yeah, this is what everybody should hear. How do you deal with, do you get like, how do you do with like haters online? Like it affects me more than I want it to. Honestly, you know? yeah, bro. Like it definitely, it definitely affects me. I mean, but the thing with me is like, I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with like, I already know what's coming. So it's not like somebody mm. saying something that I didn't expect. Yeah, it's like I already I thought that yeah, about I already, myself, bro, I already knew, like, like yeah. I already, You ain't saying nothing <laughs> that I haven't already thought about. Or like, if you are, I'm like, bro, I already knew somebody was going to have a problem with mm -hmm. it. Everybody not going to like it. I was just, in my head, I'm just like, okay, then don't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, that's them being, they never followed their shit. Exactly. So they never like open themselves up. Yeah, because it's hard to make. It's funny. It's hard to make that first step into the public world, but when you do it, it's like, yeah. oh, this is what I actually wanted to do. Honestly, and bro, like, I tell people all the time that if it wasn't for me being an artist, I don't know if I would want like, like I w I wouldn't be like I probably have a social media account. I'd still probably be like scrolling, just looking at sports highlights and funny videos all the time. But like, I wouldn't be bitches like, shaking their ass. <laughs> Like I, I didn't delete TikTok for that reason. Yo, nah, TikTok is fire too, though. TikTok, I like. I, we ain't even about to plug nobody's social medias because they're not paying us right now. So, but yeah, nah, like I wouldn't be like I wouldn't have much of an online presence besides just enjoying my own type of stuff that I like to watch. If it wasn't for me being an artist, bro, like I only do that because it's important to do it in the music industry. Is that right now. then nice having? like a, a label deal because then you have people who can like you can focus on one thing and mm -hmm. then you don't have to like do all that shit you can just focus on the art yes but at the same time i would i don't know if i would like my situation to be like that just because i know that i'm very particular with everything so like when it when it comes to like social media and stuff like in my branding i feel like i wouldn't i wouldn't want nobody to be able to like I wouldn't feel comfortable saying, yo, post this picture and this is the caption and mm -hmm. just text it to somebody. I might as well have just posted it, you know, myself because all they're going to do is copy and paste exactly what I just said 
and then post a picture that I just put. So it's like I'm, yeah. I might as well do it myself. What is me yeah. not doing it personally? Stop it from there, it's stop haters from saying anything about it. I do get what you mean though, because I wish I didn't have to use like I wish I could have a flip phone on some real shit. Like that would be Bro. dope. That would be dope as hell. But like you can't then grow. Like exactly. I mean, you can, but it be it be it would be like it's hard. I I'm not gonna say it's impossible or like I don't understand how to do it. One, it would take mad long to do, probably. That's why I'll salute Stove God. Like, he yeah. has an Instagram, but he, like, Doesn't that use dude it. never, like, he follows zero people. Like, yeah. he, you could tell he just posted, like, You ever right, notice the a- biggest artists don't use social media that much unless, until it's time to use it? Mm-hmm. I've noticed that before, like, and I try to. It's a waste of time, like. Like, you don't got to post every day, bro. You don't got to post every, like, if I don't got nothing to promote or I don't got no new music or something like that, I'm just posting to my fit. <laughs> I'm just posting my outfit today. Like, I don't know if that's really the type of Instagram page that I would want to have. I would, I would rather, like, every time I post, I'd rather post less frequently, but every time I post, it's impactful. Every time I post, it's fire. It's some great quality content. It's, you know, versus me posting every day just to post, just to keep an engagement yeah. going. Because it's not even that's the like feeling you get of like oh shit this, these likes are coming in yeah or, like, whether people want to admit that or not it's one I was fucking you. I'm addicted to that shit hard yeah. like I'm not gonna deny that shit because yeah. it is true and people don't realize that that social media shit is just like a drug like it is bro and and even more so like you got to think bro like if a cereal company puts out a cereal right and they test their product and they see if people buy it or not. That's equivalent to me putting out a post and seeing if people like it or not. It's not that I'm addicted necessarily to getting the likes. It's me analyzing the data to see what my consumers are actually liking or not so that the next time I can know what to post and what not to post. Mm-hmm. So people think that like, oh, they didn't get a lot of posts. They just taking it down because they're insecure or they stopped doing that because they're insecure. It doesn't get a lot of likes. I mean, that would just be bad business tactics i feel like if you if you're doing stuff that people don't actually engage with so obviously you're going to pay attention to your likes and try to get the most likes because that just tells you that you're you're making the most sales essentially if this was like a a sales business you know what i mean yeah that's the thing that sucks is and i don't know you're you're getting more into like the business side of it and it's great because then you learn oh this is how i can make it an actual but then it like loses the the fun. The fun of yeah. it being like just a passion, like That's an art that you're trying to put out. That's the part that I don't like about like once you start to become more professional with it is that you have to be so calculated all the time because it's like like when when you coming up and you just grinding and you trying to get to that certain level, like you could almost do whatever you want, bro. Like and it's just either they're gonna like it or they're not. But if you just enjoy doing it, do it. Now like I'm not even going to say now at this point in my career because I don't even know if I'm at that point yet. But eventually, I know there's a point in most artists' career when they become successful that everything is super-duper-duper calculated. And honestly, I mean, you've got people who are just straight entertainers that their personality itself is entertaining. So they could just make regular videos that they just... Well, like, all right, your your album rollout, yeah, was very well done Mm, and calculated, and it was it's an awesome album. Mm. It's very calculated and like, oh, I could see he put thought into this. Other than like, oh, I got a project I want to release, I'm gonna release it. Yeah, but then it's a little less like, I how long did you have the project done before (laughs) you release it, bro? That project was done for like a year and a half. It was supposed to come out originally like on my own, like I was just gonna put it out. well, not necessarily on my own. Like, well, just BSF, and then Empire 
uh, the deal came on the table, like literally right when we were about to release it. And it was like, yo, you got to not release this because I got a bigger opportunity for you for it, for it. And I was like, okay, bet. So we did, we ended up. How does something like, like that come? Year. Congrats for that. Thank How you. does something like that come along for like an artist? Relationships, man. BSF. We the biggest, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, but now, nah, you know, you know, they, you know, Griselda, uh, I believe West done work with them, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely Benny has Burden of Proof was on Empire, um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Tenant Talk, uh, one of the Tenant Talk, Tenant Talk projects was on Empire too, so he's got good relationships over there, and they're cool people's bro. But like, obviously, me being up under his camp helped out a lot. Um, but they got caught wind of my music. I'm assuming through someone through the team, if not him, uh, somebody around. And um, I remember we had a listening party here in Buffalo, and we were just going through the album. And he called me over like, if I'm not mistaken, somebody got a video of this somewhere. I feel like somebody caught this on video and sent it to me, but I got to find it. But like Benny called me over. He was like, yo. And I like came in the corner. He's like, yo, uh, asked me a bunch of questions about like me personally that I guess is whoever he was talking to wanted to know. He was like, yo, watch this. And then next thing you know, like a couple of days later, he's like, they called me. He's like, yo, Empire's about to do this with you. I'm like, all right, that's a bet. So it came definitely through BSF. Um, shout out to the whole team, man. They they some of the goats, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like some heavy hitters on that team. Just it's it's really becoming like a powerhouse, bro. And like that BSF stamp means a lot. I mean, especially coming from Buffalo, but one hundred percent. But also the Empire stamp yeah. means a lot too. How much changed in the album from Honestly, bro, like they just let me do me. And that's why that's why I was rocking with it because it's like it wasn't like a situation where they tried to come in and like infiltrate everything and be like, yo, you got to do this, do that, do that. It was like, nah, like we've already heard what you got. We know you're talented. Let's, let's, let us do it with you. We believe in you. It was more so of like we believe in you and we see the potential in it. So let us help you out a little bit. And it's it's cool because it's I love I've had a lot of B, it was, he was just on Shout Fuego Bay, yeah. Shout Rick. Like I love BSF, but it's Facts. cool because you're a different a different sound that also fits into it. Yeah. I, I think that was on purpose. Like any good business exec as Benny is would, you know, you got to diversify. You got to expand your sound, expand your brand. So like he knew, he knew what he was getting into when he, when they like city boy, the one who brought me into it. And I met city boy because I used to own a recording studio uh, in Buffalo and he had, uh, I think Conway. Was How old were you when you owned a recording studio? 19. 19 my dad my dad is in the real estate like that's how he makes his living so my dad and my mom are both entrepreneurs that's how they've been my whole life so mm-hmm. um they put the entrepreneurship in me in a young age at a young age and so um yeah me and my dad built the studio from the ground up like with our hands man hands hands and feet we got the work bro and we built the studio uh and i just learned everything that i i took everything that i learned from k code and brought it with me it was like okay i got enough i could i could do this like you know? How did you stay with your sound? Like not then, you know. Yeah, I feel like just being, just always be yourself, bro. Like, and you were into you play. You said you played instruments. Yeah, and- I play instruments too. So like, that that plays a big role in like my production and stuff because I produce my beats as well. So like, when I'm when I'm making my beats, you're like you'll notice it. Like, if oh you wait, to did album, you produce that? Yeah. Damn. Like I co-produce some of the tracks. Have co-producers on it as well, but you know I produce on every single track. That's wild, man. Yeah, I don't. I it's very rare, if ever, that I let a track come through that gets all the way finished and I don't have any production on it. I, it makes a lot rare. of sense, though. Yeah, it makes a. I feel like there's a difference in mute, like 
music when a, yeah. one person makes the whole like of course co-producers it sounds really but cohesive, it's like right because it's like a composer like then you're yeah. composing the whole piece exactly instead of like a collaboration exactly then you got a bunch of different ideas that are like mashed into one which could potentially sound really good or sound not as good depending on who's who's creating it you're right in the chemistry and stuff so that's when all of that comes into play sometimes i feel like it's a lot easier for me to just this is what I, this, I know what I want it to sound like. I know how to make it sound like that. So why wouldn't I do it? You know, mm-hmm. so it's just like, and like I said, I learned how to produce out of necessity as well, which I was already playing instruments, but it was just like I learned how to record it so I could just I could make my own music and I could rap on it. I could sing on it. I could do whatever I want on it. I could mix and master it myself. So it was just like I became like addicted to learning. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge learner, bro. Like. Any information that I can learn, I know so much information that you'd be like, why do you even know that? And I'd be like, well, I don't even know. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Dope Rapper and good homie of mine, Fast Life Wooly out of Philly, Pennsylvania. He actually uh, just dropped his debut project, John the Baptist, which has some dope tracks produced by like Camouflage Monk, Noms, some dope artists. Uh there's 13 tracks on it. Uh, he has visuals from people like New Vegas Films, and uh, it's really just a project worth checking out. Huey P. Art did the album cover, too. Um, you can find it wherever you go to get your music, and you can find out more about Fast Life Wooly at fastlifewoolyofficial.com. Let's get back into it. It's just interesting to me. Um, like I'm like a, I'm like a music nerd but i'm a nerd in general bro like and even in school like with the academics like i was i used to get straight a's and all of that bro like i'm i'm like one of them people that just a knowledge guy and i like to apply it and see it show like in my in my in reality and that makes it's so funny because it's like so you you like school and shit because i feel like there's knowledge. i mean it depends on what subject because you were saying you get you were getting in trouble and shit and that i wanted to ask you because it's like i love learning but i didn't like learning in school i was one of those kids that just like got good grades but like see fucked off but now i love it like exactly bro that's exactly how it was i was like i didn't like i didn't like the school system Mm -hmm. how it was set up and how it was run I, I like school as a place to learn, but I want to learn what I want to learn. I think that and this is my theory, and it's crazy because I just got off of, I just got, came from a meeting yesterday morning, too, with some big things to come for, for the community of Buffalo as well. But, like, this was one of the conversations I was having that I feel like the school systems need to be updated a lot, um, which goes without saying. But, like, what I mean by that is we need more opportunities as, like, kids growing up to figure out who we are and what we like, bro. Like, I don't really feel like I got the opportunity by the time I was graduating high school to go to college that I was ready to decide what I wanted to do for occupation for the rest of my life and to go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt making this decision that I don't even, I'm unsure about because I've never really had the time to explore, like, what do I even like, bro? (laughs) So, like, that's what I feel like school should be like. And they should give kids opportunities to, like, show what they're interested in and then you kind of cater to that and I feel like kids will enjoy going to school kids will want to go to school and feel thrilled about it and be excited to learn about this stuff and do way better even with the homework thing bro like why do I got to go six to eight hours of school a day and then come home and do the more work that's I feel like that should be a time when when you go to work as a a nine to five like you go to work and you come home from the office and you get to chill well and you got kids and stuff but like you don't go home and do work again you know what i'm saying i have like a conspiracy theory it's not really but it's like because it's teaching you to be complacent Mm. 
Like it's teaching people that this is what you do. It's you prepping dedic- you for that corporate. It, it preps you for the, you work all day, you give up your day. And even at night, you still got to do mm. shit. The next day you wake up, you do it again. Yeah. Because you think, like you think you're a combination of everything that ever happens to you. So Facts. if you force kids on a mass scale to be complacent, mm-hmm. then that's all their time. Facts. And then they're complacent adults. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I, school was fine. I liked learning, but that wasn't what I didn't want to be complacent. Like exactly. I'm not a yeah, complacent yeah. person. Like Same. I hate people telling me what to do. I hate exactly, like, exactly. and that's why I'm asking you about the late, like the empire shit, the, that shit. Cause it's for me, I do this independent, mm-hmm. but I realize to grow, you have to grow it into a business. Facts. But then it's like, I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to have a boss, but then that holds you back. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all about partnerships too, bro. Like sometimes, because I, I honestly, I used to say that all the time, bro. I'm like, I'm not signing no deal, no none of that. When BSF came about, they showed me before they ever even showed me any paperwork. They showed me what they can do for me. They brought me on tour. They showed me like the resources that they had and the, how much they'd be able to help my career be more of what it what I'm already trying to get it to be. You know what I'm saying? They would just give me the resources and the tools that I needed to to do even more. They didn't. They told me not don't stop doing what I'm doing. Like, continue doing what I'm doing. They just want to put it on a bigger scale now. How did that come together? With BSF? Yeah, your relationship with BSF. Um, At the studio I used to own, Conway wanted to shoot a video. And the director for the video was like, he called me. He's like, yo, I need, like, this warehouse vibe. And it was, I had, like, this grungy, like, aesthetic to it where it was, like, kind of, like, recording, like, because I, I grew up recording in the basement, in my parents' basement, bro. Like, that's where I, I used to bring students from high school that wanted to rap in my basement and make my bread, like, in high school doing that. So, like, I used to, I, that was one of my things. So, like, that was kind of the, the aesthetic that I had with the studio, and they needed that for the video. So, I'm like, yeah, pull up, bro. You know, that's they brought the whole gang. So, <laughs> City Boy ended up pulling up, and at the time, uh, Boat actually had a session that same exact day. So, when Boat's session was done, I told him that what was going on afterwards, and he's like, I'm, like, I'm just about to stay and kick it. I'm like, all right, bet. Um, so, then, when they came, Boat introduced me to everybody, and um, I was just playing my music in the background, like, as they were setting up and stuff, just, like, filling the ambiance or whatever, and City Boy was were like- Were you doing that? Like I didn't honestly. I were you, cause I didn't were know. you just playing your music, or were you playing your music? Oh, who's this playing right? Nah, now? cause honestly, I didn't know none of them. Like the only yeah, one yeah, I really yeah. knew was Conway, so I didn't know like like City Boy was there, but I didn't know who City mm-hmm. Boy was or like what he'd be able to do for me by me playing his music. So. It wasn't even the opportunity for me to all be right, like. All right, I had you know to ask. I had to ask. Yeah. I don't mean to call you. I mean, it was just like. I mean, we in the studio. We gotta play some music. Why not play my music? No, I feel, you feel me, you, so, bro. I was in the studio recently. I don't even want to cut you off, but the the engineer. I don't rap, but I was just uh-huh. hanging out, and I could tell he kept like looking over and playing his music a little <laughs> bit louder, and looking over at like who I was with. I was like, Nah, Damn. you gotta do that sometimes. You gotta. I used to do that all the time. Like when you in the car riding with somebody, you'd be like, you, they'd be like, you got the aux, be like. God, <laughs> I go play my song, and I just be, I be vibing to it, saying all the words as if it ain't me. You're like, like looking, o- you're like looking over right, to see their like, faces. <laughs> and then they be like, "Yo, who this?" And you be like, "Yup, that's me, bro. That's me. that's me." If they don't say nothing, you just switch the song, go to the next artist, and act like, act like nothing happened. The worst is if they start clowning you. They're right, like, "This, like, bro, this bro, is turn this off, bro. What yo. you listening to?" I'll be like, "I don't even know, bro." It yo, who is the, Who is this asshole? <laughs> I'll be like, it just popped up. I just clicked it. I don't even know. I got it on shuffle, bro. <laughs> Yo, goddamn shuffle always ruining my algorithm. <laughs> but yeah, so like City Boy was there and I was playing my music. So he like, yo, who music is this? And uh, yeah, they was like, it's Young World. He's like, bro, who's Young World? So 
They're like, man, you in his studio. And honestly, I think when, when that was going on, I think he was probably thinking, like, I'm about to be, like, some 40-year-old dude that, like, got his stuff together, got a whole family and kids. Because, like, who is it? We in his building, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have my own establishment at 19 years old. There's no way that's me. So yeah. when he saw me, it was kind of like that shock factor immediately of, like, oh, you? Like, you young world? I'm like, yeah. He's like, come here. Let me talk to you. Then he put me to the side. We went outside, stepped outside, had a good conversation. He's just like, yo, what's your situation like? I'm like, what you mean? He's like... Like, what you got going on? I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to make it happen. He's like, you got a team? I'm like, man, my team is my mom, my dad, and my lawyer, bro. (laughs) Like, like that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, solid team. We've been getting a lot done. Like, as a kid, bro, like, even not even as a kid, like, coming up, I did a lot of stuff that a lot of artists wouldn't be able to say that they did. Like, from the town, like, making moves and traveling and touring. Like, I did all of that stuff independently a long, long time ago before I ever even met City Boy and them. So it was like, I was already what you would call like a polished artist. Like, I already was like ready to be, all I needed was the audience at that point. So it was like, he was like, yo, what you, like, what you want to do? He said, we about to go on tour. Like, come on tour with us. I'm like, I bet. So I, I forgot what I had going on. I think I had a show or something like that in Atlanta coming up. So I went to Atlanta and he had called me one day and I'm like, he's like, where you at? I'm like, Atlanta. He's like, I'm about to buy your plane ticket. And he flew me from Atlanta. I didn't even go back to Buffalo. So I left Buffalo going to do a show in Atlanta and didn't come back until after tour. (laughs) (laughs) But like, he was like, I'm about to buy your ticket. And um, he flew me to Florida. I think Orlando it was. That was the first time I met Benny. Um, Really? Did you, had you listened to him before? Like I knew who he was, but I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with like BSF and like the Mm -hmm. whole movement and what was going on. I didn't know it was like that. Like I've heard about it. Boat used to try to sign me and recruit me like, Mad long ago Like before I met City Boy He used to always be in the studio Like bro you need to come rock with BSF And I used to be like bro no Like what even like, What were you listening Like who do you Like what do you listen to Like what were you Yeah so like my favorite Like hip hop artists are uh, 50 Cent, DMX, Lil Wayne, Kanye uh, How about newer I don't even know who that is no, like newer, oh, newer like newer, oh, newer, newer. artist I'm like newer <laughs> Newer, um, who the fuck is that <laughs> Um Newer artists like Tory Lanez, Corday, um, who else we got? Uh, but you're not you it, it, you're not trying to be grimy, but you don't really right. listen to like grimy shit. The thing is too though, like I love it, I love it. Like I appreciate music, so like I listen to a lot of different genres. Honestly, bro, if you was to catch me, you know, if you see them TikToks and they be like, "What you listening to?" You probably I'd probably be like freaking like some jazz artists or like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like some yeah. funk music. That's probably what I'm listening to 90, 99% of the time. But then when I'm listening to rap, it's DMX, it's 50 Cent, it's Wayne, it's Kanye. You know what I'm saying? It's people like that. Pharrell mm-hmm. is one of my greatest, like, biggest influences. Like, Were just, you nervous then going on a tour that was like... Yeah, bro, I didn't know nothing about what was going on, bro. Like, yeah, bro, that seems so nerve-wracking yeah. to me. Like, It was like, because my few conversations I had with, with like, City Boy... I trusted City Boy at that point. I was like, mm-hmm. I right, City Boy ain't going to put me in a situation that I shouldn't be in. So, when, But when I first went to Orlando, I was definitely like, this is not what I was expecting to be doing right now, but okay, let's let's roll with it. Like, I've always been a person that take chances in my career. Like, I've always been big on taking risks. Like, I've spent my last dime, and my parents have spent their last dime. My lawyer has invested in me. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm I'm used to like, let's do it. Let's what has given goes. you this drive? Like, um, I think you were born with it. Was it something instilled yeah. as you as in you both. as a kid? Like, I think both. I give a lot of credit to my parents, and you know, 
um, and to God, bro. He just blessed me. Like he just, I just was born this way. Honestly, I always say like something about me was special the minute I was born. Um, my mom told me this story. I was born like in a casino by accident, <laughs> like on in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I wasn't even born in Buffalo, but that that wasn't supposed to be like that. I was premature, and my mom was playing the slots, and her water broke. She went to go hit the slot thing. Her water broke. She win? Yeah, she won a lot of money that that weekend or week or whatever. But like, I always say she hit the jackpot with me. Yeah, you know and she was in the casino playing the slots, and I was born. And then uh, she, I think she went back to play the to play the casino again before she went back to Buffalo. Um, and she won a lot of money that weekend. So she told me that story all the time. And when I was born, like it was a lot of complications too. Like it was it was a close call. Like Premature in a casino, yeah. yeah like, um, you know, she said I had a lot of complications that the doctors had to fix. So I had to stay in New Jersey for a while before I got to come back to Buffalo and be with my family and stuff like that. Um, but uh so I always say like when she whenever she tell me that story, it always reminds me of like that just that just means I was special from the jump. Something about me was that resilience, like, you know, it was a situation where, like, it could have went the other way and yeah. wouldn't be here. Do you not drink either? Nah. Well, I, like, on occasion. Like, I can't say that I don't drink because I have drank before, but yeah, like, yeah. that's not something that I just do a lot. Because you all. said you didn't smoke, and I, it seems yeah. like you're very, like, you have a path and you're going to yeah. stick to it. Like, I am. Like, it's very, Do you very, see very all rare. this in your path, like, going back? Like, do you see where you're at now making sense? Yeah, it, it, it just falls into place, bro. You know, like, they always say, I mean, if you go to the gym, if you go to the gym and you put up 500 jump shots a day, you're going to eventually get a jumper. You're going to know how to shoot. You know what I'm saying? If you go do a 100 layups with your, with your offhand a day, you're going to get good at that. Whether you want to or not, you're going to get better at it. So that's something I believe in. Like, as long as I'm continuing to do it every single day, I'm going to continue to get better at it. And, like, it's just crazy how everything is lined up perfectly without me even trying that hard to do like not that i haven't tried to become what i am but it's just like everything that i've needed to get to where i'm at has just been falling in my lap and i honestly think that's just blessings from above man that just like it's just affirmations that like okay you doing what you're supposed to be doing anytime i ever tried to not do music it didn't work out for me when you stop looking for who you are you become who you are type yeah, shit exactly and it's like i could never get away from it like every time i've tried I, not even that i've tried every time that i've like done anything other than music Music has always been involved in some way, shape, or form, and it it's like I can't escape it, bro. It's not like even if even if I wasn't to be a successful artist, like I would still be making music. I would still be doing it. You know, I don't do it for the money. I don't do it for the fame. I do it for the influence and the impact. Honestly, you read The Alchemist. That's on my list. That's on my list. I think two books from now. <laughs> two books from now. I just finished. You better uh, hit me up after you read that because I want to know what you think about that because that's what that whole book is about. Yeah, yeah. It's a novel. It's not like it's a fictional story. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's weird though. Like, but it's really about how you have the omens in your life that le if when you follow what your path, it leads yeah. you, and you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. But when you stick to it, it always works mm. out in the end. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that that's true, bro. Like, you can't. Whenever you try to be something you're not, it's gonna always show, the universe or you know God or whatever you believe in is going to always something's going to always pull you back you're going to always feel weird about doing it or like feel like this like it's really hard to get away from something like yeah it's like it's like imagine like a freaking like giant rubber band tied around your waist like attached to a pole and you try to run away from that pole your whole life but you're supposed to be attached to that pole that's just what it's supposed to be 
every time you try to run away from it, like you might stretch the band a little bit and feel like you're getting a little bit further, but like it's gonna always pull you. You're gonna get tired and it's gonna be like, nope, get back. And that's that's kind of what I feel like it would be like if I could imagine trying to run away from like what you're supposed to be. Yeah, bro. and that's why the self help books people people like to talk down on them, but it's like no, because once you find who you are, you want to be the best version of yourself. Exactly. Like I don't want. I hate. I was just at my high school reunion. I went to this big. How was high that? School. Was that awkward, bro? Because mine's coming up soon. So it was. I I went to an inter. I got a full tuition to an international high school. Okay. So like in eighth grade, it was eighty five thousand dollars a year, and they just gave that shit to me. Like, yeah. So I always felt out of place. Like, okay. At home, I was going through like the story I told you before yeah. the podcast. Yeah. But like, I'm going to school with billionaires. You know, wow. kids and shit. So, like, yeah. I always felt, like, anxious because I was like, no one understands what I'm going through exactly. at home. And at home, they don't understand what I'm going with at school. Yeah. And then the, uh, damn, what was the point of that story? <laughs> well, I should so No, no. The high school reunion. The high school reunion. So, going back, I, um, I'm finally who I am. Like, yeah. right now, people know who I was, like. I could never have gone to Harvard, but Harvard University wrote a magazine, an article in their magazine about me. Like, oh, that's fire. I finally feel like who I am. So going back, I felt like confident yeah. to my high school. Yeah. Like I felt like, oh shit, like now's the best time in my life. Like, mm. And it's only going to get better. Yeah. But I talk to people who are like, damn, like I peaked in high school. It's great coming back because like, this was Sheesh. the best moment of my life when we were here. Jeez. And that to me makes me so sad because it's like the complacency. Like that gives me anxiety itself, bro. I don't um, ever want to peak. Like I don't ever want to be like, damn, that was the best year of my life. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's crazy. Because boxing, when I was when I was like at my best that I've ever been at boxing, I won't say at my best because I feel like I could still get better. But like best shape I've been in, like felt the greatest. Right now, that was right before like. I got signed and everything like that. Since then, I put on probably 20, 25 pounds, bro. I'm in the worst shape that I've ever been in. You know, I'm not in terrible shape. Like, I could still, you know what I'm saying, do my thing. But, like, I've never been, I'm, I'm, yo, this is crazy. I'm about to say this publicly. And people are probably going to be like, bro, really, bro? But I'm 155 right now, right? I was fighting at 130. I've always been in between. I don't know if I've ever been over 140 in my entire life, bro. So, like, something about my confidence, something about my anxiety, all of that stuff started, like, getting to a crazy level that I've never felt before when, when I stopped doing my regular, my boxing. I wasn't making music as much when I wasn't in shape, when I wasn't. I think it has to do with confidence, too, bro. Like, I felt way more confident. Even in my music, I would listen to it and see what I'm talking about. I remember I was riding in the car with City Boy one time, and we was getting ready to release Blue. And I'm like, I was making mad songs. I'm like, this is what I want Blue to be like. And he was listening to it. He's like, "Not that these songs are trash. This is fire, but this ain't what this is. This is this ain't what I heard when we first when I first was introduced to you. You're not giving me that same energy." And I was th I sat back and I thought about it. I'm like, "Bro, I've really kind of stopped being who I am for real. Like, you know, I had moved out to Atlanta away from everything that I know. I'm saying I stopped boxing. I've gotten out of shape. Um, stopped reading books and stuff like that. Like the stuff that I used to do to maintain who I was." At heart, I stopped doing a lot of that stuff, and I didn't realize it until like a couple of those moments happened, and I'm just, I'm just like, I got to get back to 
I got to get back on my stuff, bro, and really get back to who I know I am, who I've always been. And since then, bro, it's it's been great. So like you just said, like feeling like feeling like who you're supposed to be is super super important. I feel like a lot of people don't either either they don't know who they're supposed to be or they don't like they've never had that feeling yet. Yeah. But once you get that feeling, it's kind of addictive. Like I got to stay like this or I got to keep improving. I can't. I can't. But that's like you were talking about. Kids need to find their thing. It's yeah. like I got in a bad hockey accident and I happened to find my thing. That's crazy. But like wild, bro. some kids don't ever get that opportunity to like get that feeling of like oh this is what I'm supposed to do. Do you believe that everybody comes across? something that tells them what they're supposed to be but some people just see it some people just don't i think yes but i think some people have just or you really think there's people who haven't who are who just out here just day by day and never have had any glimpse of what they're supposed to be like they have completely no clue i think there are definitely some lost people but i think Anyone can find that path, but it's like anything else. There's some people who are more fortunate to be closer to that and mm -hmm. not because I was able to have a lot of opportunities that allowed me to get to where I am. Right. <clears throat> but then you look like I'm 24 years old, yeah. so I'm young and I'm able to find those opportunities. But like, shit, look at like Griselda, mm -hmm. like they had to push for so long and so much shit pushed them away from it that nice. Conway dropped his debut album on a major label on his 40th birthday. Yeah, that's wild. Like, that took a long time and a lot that's of shit could have not... But that's the, like... certain Con has said this, like, I asked him if he wanted to have a normal life. He's like, my life's never been normal. Like, mm. my life's never been normal. Even before this shit, it was never normal. So, mm. like... Like, what's normal? You know? There's people who have normal lives. What would you... <laughs> and those are the people who don't want... Those are the people that might be lost. If we're talking, like, real shit, like, the people who are just fine and are everything's good in their brain and their body and their life, they're complacent... They don't need to. They don't need to search for the more. They're happy working with like uh, you say yeah. the dudes who have cookouts every weekend with their friends mm -hmm. and like are just drinking beer and just chilling and they do that forever because that's all they need. Like yeah, but some I mean, people so need that, more. Is that, is that is that their purpose? Is that what they're supposed to be doing there? Oh, that dude, that's such that's a tough, hard right? question though. That's tough, right? Because then there's a lot of people who would be like, I guess like I think there's a lot of people who would. Do you think that? Yeah. But there's some people who might not even think about that. Right. They don't even think. I believe like, there's people who just go day by day, just like, bro, it is what it is. I don't know anything yeah. about anything. It just is what it is. Which, I mean, I, I, I can't say that that's good or bad, honestly, because I don't know. It's, I don't believe, it, I, don't, I think everybody's here for a reason, honestly, but I think that like, I think everyone has an opportunity, like you said, to find out who they are. I think it's just a matter of recognizing the signs. And I think people need to, step away from like outside distractions and outside temptations and like I guess being what other people want them to be and being so focused on that I think that's what our biggest problem is nowadays one of the biggest problems is that we want to be the people that other people want us to be like we want to please everyone else like if I dress like this I'm gonna look cool to my friends or if I speak like this I'm gonna sound cool to them but in reality it's like you you'll change so so many different aspects of yourself that like you don't even know who you are like you wouldn't even be able to put them pieces back together 
you're so far gone from so far astray from what you actually are at at the core like when you were a kid i feel like there's people who always chase like that's why they say like the nostalgia stuff people always chase like that kid feeling because when you're young like you don't have any like inhibitions that or distractions or temptations about the world that are like i want to be like this like you just being a kid bro and then you i feel like you start to as you get older and people start to mature and stuff like that have opinions or you start to be more privy of people opinions and like once that starts to sit in to people's minds that's when people start to change and go off paths and stuff. I feel like because now they want to please people for whatever reasons and stuff like that. I've always been a person, like I said, that didn't, I don't really have that many friends and stuff like that. I've never been the popular guy until I started being successful in music. So it's like I'm perfectly comfortable with not having to please everyone because I've always been that way. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I do think everyone can find a path. I want to retract my because I believe what you're saying about when you're a kid. Yeah. And then you just start building these layers. But that's like someone who's 500 pounds being like, you'll never be thin. It's like, it's going to yeah. be a hard path. Super hard. And it's going to be way harder for you than anybody else in the whole world. But that doesn't mean that you can't do it. Facts. That doesn't mean that not one day. It could be 10 years from now. That's true. But it doesn't mean that one day you can't be that. That's facts. But it it's going to be fucking hard. And I think that's kind of... There is like, a gauge of like... It, it just might... Like you said, like some people are just closer, blessed enough to be closer to... I could have been is. that, bro. Like I was drinking. I was doing... I was just lost. And I had the girl I was dating at the time be like, you're drinking too much. The people you're hanging around with are not helping you. And you haven't dealt with your past trauma. And you will never be successful if you don't d do these three things. And then mm. she broke up with me, and I was like, fuck her, fuck that. And I was like, damn, no. That like, if real. I never listened to that shit, I just would have kept building more and more layers until I was so far gone that I yeah. couldn't even see the outer, you know, the outside. So once it was time to face those things, though, like, what was your first step towards going about that, though? I feel like it's a lot of I people. I shouldn't don't. even talk about this because he stormed off the podcast last night when For I real? talked about it. We're all good. We're all good. Oh. But yeah, I did. Um, I started working out. I started mm -hmm. losing weight. I still wasn't happy. And I did, I did, yo, I'm, I'm having PTSD bringing it up because he got, I did this thing called DMT. It's a drug. Oh man, it's a see what I. It's I mean, a, I've heard about that, but like I don't. And really. I had a trip, and that is when it opened up my eyes to being a good like, trip. A good trip, yeah. He told me that the, my higher power, whoever I, the voice I heard in that trip, told me that I knew what I needed to do, and it was those three things. And I started the podcast the next week, and it was like I, I needed. I was so far gone that I needed a crazy experience. Let's just call it like a near-death experience. Like when you do it, it's like a near-death. I needed that to wake me up. So. But not everyone needs that. Is this a form of, do you think this is a form of therapy for you? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I started this just talking to people about how they handle their life because I was in like yeah. a dark place. And I, when I started this podcast, I was running a 5K five days a week. I was meditating, doing yoga every day. Like I've, A 5K is like what, three miles? 3.2 miles or something, yeah. 3.1 miles. I was doing that five days a week. Like I'm, I've gained weight. Like I feel lost yeah. now. But like, yeah, it was just therapy. Like I just needed something to kickstart me because I was so lost. Have you ever been to like, like quote unquote actual therapy? Like yeah. And I never had a good, uh, never like, had a good experience. Yeah, I feel like it would be beneficial to me, but also not because holding back talking is not my problem. 
Mm-hmm. I'll tell anybody anything. Right. I go up on stage and say the most most personal shit. Like, I so, don't need like a blank third party to mm-hmm. tell my shit to because I'll just tell the most personal shit to a friend. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, some get a pe- real response. Yeah, I feel like some people need therapy because they are so scared to open up to the people around them that they mm-hmm. need someone that knows nothing about them to open up to. They need that lack of judgment. Yeah, or whatever they perceive to be a lack of judgment. Because I don't know if therapists. I How do know. you feel about therapy? Have you done it? Have you? Yeah. So, so like, for the past like three years, like two, like I would say like two years, um, anxiety has been like at its worst it's ever been for me, and I started to experience it in ways that I've never had experienced it before. When I was a kid, like I used to, I remember like, um being like afraid of like police and ambulance sirens sirens and stuff whenever they come down the street i just like run in the house or like if a guy was walking down the street and i was a kid playing outside like and he looked too sketchy i'm going in the house like anything that would like be sketchy or like weird or like alarming mm-hmm. i would just flee from it i didn't know what i was doing when i was younger and so i just be like that it make me feel uncomfortable so um but now i realize as i got older and those things start to pop back up it was like, okay, I could understand where I came from. I get it now. That was anxiety that I never dealt with. Um, and then just past experiences, like you said, like that stuff. PTSD, people sometimes tend to think about like the military and like you got to like have like experiences like the military or war to happen to you for that PTSD. Not nah, like it's literally just post-traumatic stress disorder. Like any traumatic event, like losing to someone close to you is a traumatic event for a lot of people. You know, that, and that's something that hit home for me is like my best friend, since like second grade uh passed away when i was 17 that was my first time ever realizing that like life is short bro like you like it put things into a different perspective for me and then um my uncle and his daughter passed away they were both young um and then my god brother passed away like so when when dj shay passed away um went to buffalo for like a week or two we 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 came here and we we did that whole thing and within the next week or two my god brother passed away like they passed away like within like a week or two from each other so like that was back to back just like yo bro what is going on on top of that i was already dealing with my anxiety and stuff like that and it sent it through the roof bro so i started feeling like physical symptoms of it and i felt like i was getting sick like something was wrong with me like um, so, you know, I started talking to my actual doctor, like my, uh, primary, primary physician and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, that's anxiety and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, bro, like something's wrong. And he advised that I go talk to somebody about it. So I did. And I found this therapist through, um, a church that my aunt go to in Atlanta. So I got connected with them, bro. And immediately I seen the difference in like, talking to like a family member about it talking to a friend about it or writing it in music versus me talking to a therapist i say the biggest help that therapy has been for me is knowledge like i said i'm a big learner and i already knew that so like once i started learning what anxiety is and like learning like how it affects the body physically and stuff like that it's not just a mental thing like all of that mental stuff it affects you physically and you'll have you'll have symptoms of it that you'll think something is like an actual health concern but it's actually just spurts of anxiety once i learned stuff like that and the scientific reason for it has started me f- making me feel more comfortable 
to be able to deal with it. Like I didn't feel crazy or that I didn't feel scared of it because I thought something was wrong. Like I'm already afraid of whatever that's causing this anxiety. Then I'm getting anxious about it. Then I'm scared that I have a, some condition that's going on that I can't control. That's making me even more anxious about it. So it just kept building up. But then once I learned like what anxiety actually is and like the scientific reasoning behind it, I was like, I'm not crazy, bro. This is like normal. Like that makes sense why that would happen. That makes sense why I would feel like I can't breathe when I'm about to have a panic attack. It would make sense why I get dizzy and I can't think straight and like get headaches. It's not something physically is wrong with my health, but like my anxiety is messing up. And your brain can't tell the difference between what's reality and what's, like just a uncomfortable thought, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It would, it, it's gonna react like that fight or flight response is gonna react the way that it would if something actually was wrong, like something actually was going on in your environment. So when you get anxious like that, that's what happens. Once I learned that, bro, I feel like therapy. You just helped me out. I've been that helped me out a lot. Thanks for that. Was a good explanation of that. That's why I always talk about it too, bro. Because I wanted to see like I'm interested in knowing like different ways that people deal with things. Like because I feel like, bro, a lot of people deal with you know, their own mental things. Like, I won't even call it illnesses or anything like that. Just, you know, hard times. It's hard times, bro. Like, everybody deals with stuff, and it's just different ways to deal with it. So I'm always interested in knowing, like, what's people's, other people's experience with it. Like, I had the same mentality that I'm like, I'm not about to go to no therapist to tell nobody that don't know me about nothing about me. I'd rather talk to my friend or I'd rather talk to my, my family about it. But then once... I expressed that because they did ask me that. They was like, why didn't you come to therapy before? Like, yo, like, what, what was stopping you before? What made you decide to come to therapy? What makes you think it's a good idea? And I'm like, bro, because I don't know what else to do. I've yeah. already talked to my family about it. I've already talked to my friends about it. I'm still, it's, it's getting worse. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it was like, it was like kind of like I didn't have a choice. Like, bro, I got to, there's professionals that do this. So let me go talk to them. If they can't help it, I don't know what. But like, no, I know my may- doctor offered pills and all of that. And I'm like, nah, bro. See, that's why I had a bad relationship with my last therapist is because I did feel that when I was probably like 20 and I went to a therapist, but he tried to get me on Adderall Mm. and I just, it like ruined it for me because I was like, he's not trying to help me. He's just trying to get me on pills. Probably immediately too. He's probably like, like within like three weeks and shit, it's like, and that ruined me. But now it's like, not everyone's going to be doing that. Like there are people who want to help you, but it makes sense hearing you describe it that way. Cause especially when you lose your path, like when you aren't doing the shit that you're supposed to do, there are people that are going to help you get back on it. Yeah. And people's egos, mine included, hold you back so much. Yeah. And you know, like, he would ask the questions that I wouldn't think of that were seemed so obvious. Like, why did not think of that? Like, like questions like, what did you used to do all the time that made you feel happy? Describe what it was like, your ideal like mindset that you would like to have on a day-to-day basis. Describe what it was like when you felt your best that you've ever been. Describe what your everyday would be like. And I would explain it, and he'd be like, well, when the last time you went boxing? Uh... But then why is resistance so loud in your head? Because yeah, like, then it's yeah. still hard to then go and do that. Exactly, like, exactly. I know where I was at my best place, but it's still like, I'm not like, there's a voice in my head. There's like, always something saying that's like negating that. Like, it's nope, so stupid. That, that voice is like, and it doesn't yeah. actually do anything. You exactly. just like. And that's, you know, that's big that you just said that because like, that's the thing that I learned early on, probably a few weeks into into therapy was like, he was like, have you had any, like, anxiety or panic attacks lately? I'm like, yeah, bro, like, it's been this happened or whatever. He's like, 
Next time that that happens, I want you to just sit with it. I'm like, are you crazy, bro? Like, I'm going to get up and take a walk or something like that. I'm not about to just sit there and just let myself, like, he's like, well, what did you do? Like, when you felt the panic attack coming on, I'll be like, bro, I start playing a video game or, like, I start trying to make some music or something like that just to get my mind off it. He's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to sit there and be with it. I'm like, why would I do that if I don't want to feel like this? He was like, because I want you to realize that it can't do anything to you physically. It can't, it can't kill you. Like anxiety itself can't do anything to you. It's literally just a mindset that you just put you in a place that you don't want to be mentally. And every time you push away from it, you to yourself, I'm like, I can't deal with that. Exactly. Exactly. I, honestly, I started treating the anxiety like it was a person. Like almost like, a, bro, you can't touch me. Like kind of like a little chip on my shoulder. Like every time it would try to creep in, I'm like, that's anxiety. I ain't listening to you right now. I got something to do. I'll give you your time in a minute, though. And I made sure, like, I always make sure that, like, you got to take that time out to really sit with your thoughts and think about what you're feeling. Because sometimes I feel like we we pack so much on our schedule, not even realizing that we're just trying to distract ourselves from sitting by ourselves or sitting with, with, our, with our own thoughts yeah. and stuff like that. We'll put so much on our plate or, like, fill our day with just a bunch of random stuff that may or may not be helpful who knows but like do anything to get away from yeah. your mind yeah scroll Even through social media through what social we're media, talking yeah, about yeah. like and you know like social media and this is why i say like i see signs and stuff like a lot about like what i should and shouldn't be doing like i'm i'm, I'm big on religion so like i used to pray about anxiety a lot bro and i would start seeing stuff like social media right so like that would be a big distraction on my mind at first where it'd be like i'm about to have a panic attack let me distract myself I'm about to start scrolling. At first, I'll be scrolling through, seeing highlights, seeing boxing highlights, football, basketball stuff, comedy videos. And then, next thing you know, a video on the news pop up of some crazy stuff happening. Immediately, anxiety back there. And now I'm back to square one. Okay, let me scroll some more, scroll some more. Back to square one again. And then it started to get overwhelming to where it's like, I constantly see these things and these are being triggers. And like, what I learned was that once your mind already made up in this, once you've already made up in your mind that like these triggers are going to work every time, every time this pops up in front of his face, he's going to get anxious. He's going to react this way. You'll start to notice it more. It's like if you, if you be like, yo, I'm afraid of red cars, you're going to start seeing mad red cars. You know why? Because you're, you're putting your, ma your mind on alert for it. So every time you see it anywhere, you're going to immediately be like, red car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to seem like you start to see red cars everywhere. You can be like... You and it can go the other way too. Yeah. Like I used to force myself to not look at my phone when I woke up to get out of bed yeah. and not look at my phone to do something, meditate before I look at my phone. And like when I did it, it's like you can force yourself to do it and then yeah. it becomes good. Exactly. It can go the other way. Like you got to use that, your brain against itself. Like, cause you can trick your brain. Like exactly. your brain has all exactly. these like little, like, exactly. Uh, like uh, shortcuts almost. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I can do this. But once that, you learn how it works, it's like, you can literally use it. It's, against itself bro but then like, the resistance it's just you have to get past resistance that's all it is and honestly i'm not we saying it like it's easy but that's probably the hardest part the harder like, the closest the closer you are to god the farther you are away from resistance you know yeah, bro like, like you gotta you gotta you gotta just get right and be who you want to be and honestly when you being yourself a lot of that stuff kind of fades away on its own like we put a lot of that stuff on ourselves honestly because when anxiety you stop, yeah. and the stress and the you know, trying to fulfill everyone else and stuff like that. We worry about stuff that we don't need to worry about all the time. Like if we really, if you were to write down in the journal and I've done this before, write down in the journal, what actually matters to you and then write a list of what doesn't matter. I guarantee you the list of what doesn't matter is way longer and it's way easier to pay attention to that list. Cause you could pick from a million different things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's way easier to pay attention to all of these things going on. Like, Oh yeah, 
I'll see that, I see that, I see that, I see that, I see that every day. But this is what actually matters. And we we tend for some reason to pay attention to all of the stuff that does not even matter. Like I gotta dress this certain way or like post this pic at this time because my engagement, my followers is gonna yeah. look at it like this and like the stuff that don't matter, we focus on so much, bro. And I, I feel like that eats away at us and eventually causes problems that we have to fix later on. So why not just try to nip it in the bud? Because you are your version of yourself that you see in your mind. If you're like, I'm not successful, you're not going to be successful. You're gonna, but if you're like, no, like if I'm doing this, like, yeah. man, this is awesome. Not facts. Thank you. I needed this. I needed not this fucking bro. conversation, man. Always, I appreciate bro. you coming on for real. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you for having me, man. Like I said, like my music talks about all of this stuff. Like that's really, no, yeah, that's really that's, what I want to, that's really what I want my brand to be is like, I want to be influenced, bro. I want to be able to like inspire people and be an example for people who are just like me. Like, I don't really know what other people are going through. I can't read people's minds, but I know what I've been through. So if I put it out in the music, I know for a fact, I'm not the only one that's been through it. I know for a fact, I'm not the only one that's dealt with the things I've dealt with. So when I talk about my own struggles, my own, you know, battles that I fought, whether it, People like to compare battles as if one is better than the other, but like I ain't need to grow up in a ghetto and be and be hood to have struggles. You know what I'm saying? Like it's life. Life is hard. Because there's like, a lot of people that will relate to that and need to hear that. Because yeah. a lot of people don't have anyone around them exactly. asking or talking these types. Of and things. I think it's relatable too, bro. Like some of the stuff that I talk about, I feel like most of the stuff I can talk about is not just like. I talk about losing people close to me and how that affected me mentally and stuff like that. I'm not the only one. I don't, you don't have to be in the hood to do that. But obviously people in the hood, that happens all the time and stuff like that. Like it goes across, it, it, it goes across different demographics, bro. So it's never like I'm talking about one thing and it's like, bro, I can't relate to that. I'm not listening to that. I guarantee you that anybody in the world that listens to my album will find something in there that they'd be like, I needed that. Literally any song, like it could be an R&B song, pop record, a rap, Hip hop, boom bap. Shit, you got you don't even have that many features on it because you yeah. can handle yourself. But like the track with Benny's crazy, that, the, yeah. The track with Size crazy. Yeah. That was it. It can just be like, oh, you don't need that shit, but you connect with whatever. You can do a song with Benny and make exactly. him go to your vibe or Size yeah, go to that's, your that's vibe. That's the crazy part about of, that song, bro. Is like I wasn't expecting Benny to be on that song. It was Shine. Is that the name of the yeah. song? Yeah. Like, and I got a documentary coming out about it too, about that, the way that song was made. That, oh, that's really? Fire, bro. But like the story, so he was, he went to the studio to record a verse, uh, his feature with Lil Wayne. And he was, he was saying that he wanted to like make sure that he's right, like mentally for like, you know, that's Lil Wayne. You can't just hop on a track just and it willy nilly like that. So he wanted to save that track for a studio session where he felt like he was on his A game. And, um, so he did it, you know, we, he was, he was going crazy in the studio and then he still had some time left over in his session. So he was just letting me rock out. He's like, go ahead, go work. So I went to go record the song. And I'm, as I'm recording it, City Boy came and knocked on the door. He's like, yo, save some room on the song because Benny want to get on it. But I'm like, what? So I look up Benny in the corner. You ever see Benny record before? Yeah. Uh-huh. Bro, like, so you know, he like, he'll go sit in the corner or just sit there in the chair and just be. Yeah. Like not saying nothing. He's not typing it down, not writing it or anything like that, bro. And then he just get up and be like, all right, I'm ready. And then get up and go spit the craziest stuff you ever Crazy, heard. Crazy. So yeah. like, it's, it's not a short amount of time either. Yeah, like the like, whole <laughs> thing, bro. Like the whole verse. He's not like, I've only seen Benny punch in maybe like once. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I, like, you know, you hear people be like rappers don't write and they freestyle and stuff like that. Like Benny's, a, Benny's the first and only so far artist that I've ever seen actually do it. 
Just like, do it li- in his like, head Literally the whole yeah. verse I remember I had an argument At my old job At this nursing home With somebody They was like Bro Lil Wayne and Jay Z They don't write bro I'm like yes they do Like you say it's not writing But if you go in front of a mic And punch in every line You're writing it bro that's writing it That's not going And you just freestyling The whole verse Or just rap the whole verse It's not like Jay-Z Went in there and rapped The whole <laughs> Came up with that On the spot yeah, like, He had been like, thinking about it in his I mean head. he yeah. could have Because I don't know But I'm, I'm, I was arguing with it Because I'm, like, I'm like I just can't believe That somebody would be able To do that Benny was the first person I've ever seen Actually do it in person Like there's no way You just did that But he did it And he does it all the time And I'm like That's crazy to me But like and he killed that shit on something personally? that's totally <laughs> different. Like, that's a whole different style than that. Yeah, bro. So, like, he he went on there. He went crazy. And it was crazy how what I was saying in the record without even... I wrote the record without Benny in mind. So, it's not like I wrote it to, like, cater to Benny's sound or to cater to what he wants to talk about. It was just so organic that, like, what I was talking about was was speaking to him. And he put it in his own, in his own way. And I feel like I brought Benny out of a, out of a certain... I think I brought something out that people haven't gotten from him a lot. Yeah. As far as like the personal side of things and also like just like on some real, just just real talk, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I think he I think he mentioned some street stuff maybe once. That whole he what did he say? He said he said I took a pair or he said I took a block and built a pyramid there in a the day. Something like that. That was the only time he ever Say anything about the streets and yeah. the whole verse because it wasn't forced. You exactly. did your thing without him in mind, and that it works out perfect because yeah. it wasn't forced. It's that was the, crazy, bro. That was crazy. Same with the Sayari record, bro. He's just a a, a guy who did super you have solid. him before the Empire deal on the album? Yeah. So it was just, and we got a bunch of songs together actually. But like, he's just such a humble dude, bro. Like to be like the notoriety of him. And like his story is super inspiring to, inspiring to me as as a whole. If anybody knows the story, if you don't, you should go look it up because it's fire. But like, he wanted a he wanted the biggest independent artist doing it. Like he's he doing it the right way. Like if any artist want to know how you're supposed to do that, that's how you're supposed to. That's how it's, how it's supposed to be done. So being able to just be like side by side with him and like get a lot of game from him. I could text him right now and like we cool. Like you know what I'm saying? That's the homie. So like, it's super dope. It's super dope that he's able to like take somebody like me and be like, I'm about to do this for you. And it's not, you know, a lot of artists I feel like get on records with smaller artists or like not as big of an artist and they'll just kind of just do it like yeah. willy nilly. And you could tell that they kind of just threw this together here to take that. It was more so of like, this was a record that he could have easily took himself and been a hit with. Nah, he was like, you got, you got that. And it I'm, turned out, uh, I love it. It turned that out track. amazing, yeah. bro. So I was just like, wow, like, to be able to at this be at this point in my career right now and receive like love like that from people at that level, I mean, a cosign from Benny Griselda, anything like that is already like super big, you know, for what they are in the industry right now. And on top of that, somebody like Sire the Kid, who's like a legend in himself. So like, I could see myself being one of those guys that are like all the legends respect, and I, I aspire to do that too. Honestly, like the guys, the top dogs, I want them to respect me too. Like, I want to be talked about. Like being one of the top dogs like Cole and Kendrick and you gotta mention world in that conversation. Like that's what I'm shooting for. And I think yo, everything that you've let done so far leads up to that because you have yeah. the mentality, you have the drive, and you've been sticking the consistency. Like Thank you, bro. Man, that's awesome. This was a really inspiring podcast. Thank Definitely. you for coming on. Everyone go listen to Blue. Definitely, man. Blue out. 
blew out. New music coming real soon too. Oh, I can't yeah. say specifically what it is. I was told specifically not to say exactly what it is or when it is. But <laughs> something coming soon. But something's coming real soon. And there's a documentary coming out. Yeah, that was a, that was a that was a leak too. I never said that before. So oh, uh, definitely yeah. that's a, that's a big drop, big drop. Documentary coming soon, uh, featuring Benny, featuring some other. And then there's something coming out. Something hey, really something. really dope is coming out really soon, man. So. I'm excited, bro. I appreciate you for having Man, me. Man, thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.